0: You're listening to the Eastside Church Sermon Podcast Series. We are a United Methodist congregation in East Atlanta Village. We seek to be creative, historic, inclusive, and justice-oriented. We are thrilled that you found our podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about our community, visit our website at eastsideatl.org.
1: Amen, amen. Thank you, Katie, and all who are involved in our justice ministry in terms of helping to to push it forward. Can we give God a hand of praise in advance for the amazing things that are going to continue to unfold as we reflect on how God is calling us to be in community with one another those we see here and those we see in passing whose names we may not know or whose situations we may not know, but as God would have it, we will know what it means to be a deeper part of God's goodness and God's compassion and God's grace unfolding in their lives just as they are a deeper part of God's grace and goodness and compassion unfolding in our lives. And so as we, we think about that, I give thanks to Ron and our AB team. I feel it's always important to take those moments to pause. I give thanks to Troy and our music team. As each of these teams are helping us walk into these moments of experiencing grace, I give thanks to everyone who greeted someone at the door or who may have greeted someone at the coffee bar. I give thanks for those who right now are experiencing life and life more abundantly as they work with our children. Can we give God a hand of praise for all of those individuals. And so in this moment, Let us hear these words of Scripture that I pray will be great food for thought for all of us. They come from 2 Peter, the first chapter, verses 16 through 21. And they read, We didn't repeat crafty myths when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Quite the contrary, we witnessed His majesty with our own eyes. He received honor and glory from God, the father, when a voice came to him from the magnificent glory saying, this is my dearly loved son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. In addition, we have a most reliable prophetic word, and you would do well to pay attention to it just as you would to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Most important, you must know that no prophecy of scripture represents the prophet's own understanding of things because no prophecy ever came by human will. Instead, men and women led by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. This is the word of God for the people of God, as children of God, let us all say, thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Family, pray with me this morning as we wrestle with the concept, a testimony that inspires, a testimony that inspires. Lord God, we thank you for grace and mercy. We thank you for love and peace. We thank you for compassion and favor. We thank you for new life, for understanding. We thank you for the gift of wrestling and turning things over in our hearts and minds. This morning, as we turn things over, we ask that your spirit grants the epiphanies the revelations, our own inner experience of transfiguration that helps us walk in testimonies that inspire. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen, amen, amen. And so, can we give God another hand of praise for our music team? So today, as they take their seats, we thank God for the way that the Spirit pours through them. We thank God for the way that they help us be centered in moments like this, where we reflect, where we in our own different ways ask the Spirit of the Lord to speak to us both collectively and individually. And as we think about that collective and individual way God speaks to us, the way the Spirit of God speaks to us, we find ourselves landing this morning in 2 Peter, the first chapter, verses 16 through 21. And we find ourselves landing there as today within the life of the church, we recognize what we refer to as Transfiguration Sunday, this day in which we reflect on this magnificent moment that the Apostle Peter is reflecting on in this text. It's also what was referenced when the text from Matthew was read a few moments ago by Megan, this moment of of, of transfiguration, this moment of illumination, this moment of and, and, and scholars will go back and forth. There, some will say some would argue, "No, it's a theophany. God appeared and, and spoke to the people." But then some scholars say, "Yeah, but when a the theophany occurs, there's something sometimes calamitous or so earth-shattering occurring that, that, that it just shifts stuff in a way that's kind of wild and crazy. So then there'll be others who will say, "Well, no, it wasn't a theophany, it was an epiphany, where God showed up, and God revealed something. And God's spirit illuminated hearts and minds. And so from reading the text, since we didn't see anything calamitous or like earthquakes occurring, I'm going to go with epiphany today. (laughs) All right? Because I think it would have, so we're going to go with epiphany. So, So in this moment of epiphany, the apostle Peter, as well as James and John were there with the Lord, and the text just refers to on a mountaintop. They were there with the Lord on a mountaintop and and something amazing occurred as the glory of God shone through the clothes and the face of Jesus, it kind of would remind folks of the moment when the glory of God was, was on Moses as he came down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments and they say his face shone so brightly that the people couldn't even look upon it. But it's interesting, in this moment, the people were able to look upon the Lord's face and as they looked upon his face shining brightly, his clothes shining brightly, Peter and James and John Also saw Moses there and Elijah there with the Lord. I just wonder, I I just wonder, one, if we saw the Lord appear, what we would do just right here, like just manifest in flesh. That's one thing, right? Oh, and the looks on faces like, I I don't know what I would do if I saw the Lord appear like that. we, We might start kind of running the list, okay, have... It's almost like the Santa Claus. is marking the list, checking it twice, going to find out who's not in nice if the Lord appear. But if the Lord appear, what will we do? And so I'm just in my imagination wondering what must have gone through the apostles' minds when not only there is this moment that they are having with Jesus and then they see these two prophets on whom much of the ministry that is being birthed hangs. They see Moses and they see Elijah. What, what might have been going through their minds? Well, the text kind of clues us in. They see the three of them there. In the text in Matthew says, immediately they say, well, should we build altars for the three of you? I mean, y'all, y'all know what we do when God shows up, right? We're thinking, okay, God is showing up, God is moving, now we're trying to decide what should we do in the moment. And so they asked the question, should we build these three altars? And Jesus and Moses and Elijah, I can imagine the inside joke they must have shared in that moment as they probably looked at one another and said, let's see what they're gonna do when the response really comes. Because there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my son, the beloved, in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Not figure out right now what you need to do. (laughs) But listen, listen with anticipation. Listen for divine directives that just might center you wholly in God's presence. Listen for the ways that God in God's own self might help you understand how this gift of being transfigured is not simply for the one whom you are learning to follow. Mm. Listen. And so on today, we celebrate the transfiguration Not necessarily thinking about what we must do. Not necessarily thinking about the way we bring about change. Not necessarily centering things in ourselves. but centering our thoughts in and around the one who gave us the gift of salvation. Centering ourselves in and around the one who called us into receiving this marvelous gift of grace. Centering ourselves in and around the one who was transfigured. The one whom whom Peter reminds us of in this text. This is my son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It's interesting how this text pairs up with the text we walked through at the very beginning of the year when we celebrated the baptism of the Lord. This is a familiar saying. The same phrase that was stated at the Transfiguration is the same phrase that was basically stated when we saw Jesus being baptized by John. And John saying, I don't need to baptize you, you need to baptize me. But Jesus says, no, it's right and it's fitting. Let us go through this and then we have the, not theophany, but the epiphany of the Lord speaking, uttering those same words. This is my beloved in whom I am well pleased. And so on this Transfiguration Sunday, as we hear those words again, just as we heard them on January 8th, As we hear them again on February 19th, these words are meant to center us in the one whose spirit is actually among us right now. The one whose spirit drew us into this sacred space right now. Again, yes, relationships with people who are connected to East Side were door open. But what you have been experiencing in anyone or anything that drew any of us here is the spirit of God calling. The spirit of God saying gather. The spirit of God saying whether or not you drove 60 minutes to be here or walked six minutes to be here or whether or not you flew for four and a half hours to be here in this city and today you're here right now. It's the spirit of God drawing it's the spirit of god saying stay engaged to see what i will do in the midst of all the other things that are happening that seem more important than my presence oh there's so much happening that seems much more important than the presence of god Moving through and controlling and inspiring us to live lives that are filled with life, light, and abundance. There are so many things happening that say that your attention should be here. Rather than have your attention here, focus on how the Spirit of the Lord seeks to transform you and those around you. Last week, we did an exercise that seemed to just evoke like all sorts of laughter and connectivity. We did an exercise where many of you were sharing what, sharing the good that someone had done in your life throughout the week or the good that you've done in someone else's life. And as everyone shared, there was laughter that broke out there was conversation that was going. I mean, if you all recall, I remarked that the conversation and the laughter were so good that when I stepped up here, I was tempted to say, now that's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. That was the sermon, and let's move right here to the Eucharist. I was tempted. I was tempted. But the Spirit said, okay, no, you got it. You got another part to play in this. But, but, but as you reflect on that, I mean, it's amazing. Just even when I brought it up, oh gosh, I wish I could have had a mirror right here so you all could have seen how your faces were transfigured in that moment. I mean, I wish I had a mirror so you could see the smile that welled up from your solar plexus and came on up through your heart and your mind and it was just shining through your eyes. Oh gosh. And the reason why I I wish I could have had a mirror in that moment so that you could have seen it is to help us just stay in the gift of recognizing that though you were thinking about that moment that occurred around this time last week, and you may have been thinking about the person who shared the story with you that just enlarged your heart and just made compassion flow and and made joy become unleashed. In part, yes, it was the memory of that person and that story that, that brought that smile forth from your core. But in truth, I'm going to assert this morning that it was also your soul recognizing that the one who told you that story was being moved to do what they did or being moved to share what they shared out of their own soul's recognition that yes, I'm telling the story of what someone did for me, I'm telling the story of what I did for someone, but the inspiration behind the story was the Spirit of God moving through somebody to touch my life. The inspiration behind the story is the fact that even when I see myself in the worst space, even when I see myself as a seed buried in the earth, that somehow has not found the means or the strength or the faith to grow, that God has angels standing over me whispering, grow, grow, rise, reach for the light. Everything that you need is already inside of you and if you just simply yield by faith to God's presence in your life, you will find yourself living out the story of the seed. Who moves through the rocky crevices. Who sees darkness not simply as emblematic of death, but darkness as a way of recognizing that I must embrace and seek the light to rise. The one who is the light calls on us to experience our own inner journey of being transfigured in such ways where the light of God that gives us life shines through so that others too may recognize that that same life that God gives us, God gives all, and the same life that God gives all, God gives to us. And and if we could begin to recognize Every moment can lead us to moments of testimonies that inspire. In the rough and jagged edges that we experience as seeds simply reaching for the light don't stay with us as testimonies of brokenness. But they become testimonies of how God simply empowered us to shed skin of limitation, to to, to break through boundaries that limit us, to manifest as as seeds that that knew there was something greater inside and the Spirit of the Lord drew it out in ways where every step would be a testimony of God's goodness and a testimony of of, of salvation and a testimony of transformation and, and a testimony of how community comes together to help. Each of us weather the storm, so, so let me just make it real plain. Is there someone in this room who, while you have been going through the storms of life, is there anyone in this room who has been buoyed, kept afloat by somebody else who's in this room? If that's the case, show your hand. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. See, I see the spirit moving. Let me get out of the way. If that's the case, give God a hand of praise because I heard some hands of praise about to break out. Now, but, But I want you to do this again. Lift those hands and look around the room. Lift those hands. The question was, have you been buoyed or lifted by somebody in this room? Look around and see the hands oh my God, nearly every hand in this room is lifted. And see, here's what I love about epiphanies like this. Even if a hand wasn't lifted, let me ask you this way. If you are in this room and you have been buoyed or lifted by somebody before, Raise your hands. <laughs> oh, you say, Look at you, not playing fair now, Pastor T. <laughs> Come on, you're not playing fair. Well, God's favor has a way of navigating in ways to show us that God is always, 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 always looking to move us into these moments where what looks like a cursory journey to the top of a mountain is a moment where the Spirit of God shows up to not only transfigure us, but transfigure the entirety of the moment. And because God does this, because we just testified You see, that's really what we were doing. Now we're coming back to the top now. When we lifted those hands, we were testifying to moves of God in our life. When that spontaneous praise broke out, as we clap hands, we were testifying to the move of God in our life. And if we can testify to God moving, is that not a reason to be inspired? Is that not a reason to to tell someone else about God's goodness in your life? And how God's goodness, let's not miss this part. didn't necessarily show up in some etheric, intangible way that we can't touch. But it actually showed up through the hands and feet and the prayers and the comfort and compassion of a human being who stood right in front of us. You see, it's one thing to talk about the ethereal nature of God. And that has its place. It's another thing to recognize that part of our testimony is recognizing that one of the ways that God desires to show up in our lives is to help us be attentive to the ways that God moves as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts. This is not just an etheric journey of intangible experiences with God. The transfiguration reminds us that the light of God comes to dwell among us. That the light of God comes to make its home within us that the light of God will shine through us. And if that is our testimony, we will not only be inspired, but we will be ones who inspire. And so let us close here with the word inspire. Let's go to our Latin roots, inspirar meaning breath or spirit moving. So if we are inspired knowing that our testimony is that the sacred breath of God lives inside of us, what would happen, what would happen, what would happen if we simply choose to live and be testimonies that inspire the world to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Family, That is the question that we are called to answer today. And in answering it, may we be the word of God for the people of God so that everywhere we go, somebody, even if it's just us, is saying thanks be to God. God bless you, family.
0: Pastor T. Thank you for that word. Um, if, hello, if you don't know me, my name is Megan Davis, and I've personally been buoyed and inspired by many of you sitting in the in the pews today. Um, I'm honored to be able to give our prayers of the people this morning. And when I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with hear our prayer. Let us pray. Lord, We pray for the church of Eastside Atlanta. We invite you to sit in the pews among us to hold our hands, whisper in our ears when we are doubtful that you are here. Still our souls and worried minds, life keeps happening to all of us, and every day we have been to the hospital bedside and been comforted. We have seen you in the faces of our children. We have closed you in the locket at our hearts that hold those who have passed on before us. And though it has been so very long and just yesterday, we grieve them and all the love we had yet to give. God, in these times, uncloak yourself as our neighbor Shine forth from their hearts who love and care for us. Reveal yourself in all your radiant glory as a dinner, as a phone call, as a box of tea someone sent to us in the mail because they wanted us to be loved. We are loved. Help us see you standing there in those moments. Remind us to call out your name with joy and gratitude. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we pray for our community and city. Lord, help Atlanta remember who it can be, a beacon of black excellence, a city too busy to hate, a forest city on a hill that offers culture and creation instead of only concrete. Atlanta can be great if we let it. If we watch the sirens, we know where they go and don't we care about gunshots even when they are not on our streets, in our neighborhoods? Don't we care about our children and who will they will grow into and help Atlanta to be? Then we should be watching. When corporations make moves that change the landscape of who we are and we should be watching, when out of state landlords turn homes into tenements and we should be watching when our leaders disappear during those mountaintop moments that could be an opportunity for great change instead of another link in the chain of sameness that binds us to only mediocrity and fear, we should be watching. And then we should testify with our votes and our money and our furious consequence for those who have broken the sacred trust we placed in them. Lord God, help us testify Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for our country, for the citizens of East Palestine and every East Palestine across this nation who have poison in their earth and their water and are blindly eating carcinogens for breakfast and toxins for lunch. And Lord, by dinner, we wonder why we feel terrible all the time. Help us hold accountable anyone who would sell our livelihoods and longevity for a more prominent seat at someone else's table. Help us pay attention. And God, it's hard. It's hard to watch all of it when we are trying to eat and sleep and make ends meet between everything they told us we were supposed to do to live the American dream and all the ways they've made it impossible for us to do so. It is hard, but God help us. It's happened before. We have made change when even just a few of us have stood on the corner, in the lanes, in the path of incorporated progress, and said, not without us. Help us stand up and be counted. It is the only way. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we pray for our world, for its great heavy sigh and its troubles and the incandescent life happening between all of the sorrow. We pray for Turkey and Syria and for corners unexamined by our mass media in India and Haiti and Honduras where children and great minds and the mothers and fathers holding their hands in the rubble are trying to survive. We owe them witness, but more than that, we owe them God. Who are we if not the kingdom? Who are we if not love personified? Who are we if not the children of God who are purchased with a price more precious than the richest of the rich among us? We are magnificent because of who we are and whose we are, and Lord, let us act like it. Let us hold our hands out to our brethren, breathe the same air of triumph from the bottom of the world as we lift them up to the top. Let us stand there together and praise God's name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Now I would like to invite you into a time of silent confession and meditation. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God, amen. Amen. And as a forgiven people reconciled unto God, let us now show signs of peace to one another. Peace be with you.
1: Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? We thank God for all of the amazing things that are happening. We thank God for all of the movement and life, and life more abundant that continues to break out in this season. Um, As we go into this week, we just ask that we focus on how the goodness of God flows through our hearts and our minds to touch the world. And so let us stand as we prepare to go forth, as we walk into this moment of benediction, I remember some of the words of my mentors in moments like this. They say, be brief, be brief, be brief. And so in that spirit, Lord God, we thank you for the grace that is abundant. We thank you for the love that is manifesting through our hearts and our minds. Help us to both give and be a testimony that inspires. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Go in peace, family. Hallelujah.
0: That you've enjoyed this week's message and we look forward to connecting with you soon if you'd like to experience our full church services you can find them at youtube.com eastsidechurchatl and if you'd like to support the work we're doing here at eastside you can find our giving portal at our website eastsideatl.org be well